Hey. Anissa. What's up? You know, just doom scrolling on social media and then just realizing I got to be on a Zoom call with Anissa. Classic. Classic. It's kind of wild that social media just like makes time go by really fast. It does. It's a good way to zone out. Kill a few minutes. Does that happen to you sometimes? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm like, I got I got a few minutes to kill and I don't want to read. Mm-hmm. Depending on the length of time. Usually I'll, I'll be on TikTok. Oh, you're... Are you like big on TikTok yet? I mean, I I spend too much time on it. Yeah. Do you do you make like TikToks? I haven't no. been on your TikTok. No. No. I just scroll. I just scroll, and I have a my little sister is nineteen. I feel like she keeps me young. You know, she keeps me up to date on what the kids are doing. She sends me a lot of TikToks, and I send her. I love that you yeah, say. It's like, it's like sisterly bonding. I love that you said keep me young. You are young though. Yeah. She keeps me younger. She keeps she's a teen. Younger? Oh, she's a teen. Oh, she's a teen. She's 19. Oh. That's real young. That is, that yeah. is real young. That is real young. Cause yeah. they're like discovering, like, I mean, we I don't know about you, but I didn't mm-hmm. have social media when I was 19 or any type of technology except my like walkman or like ipod or whatever uh walkman. Right. I, I feel like i'm yeah dating myself like oh gee but that i was just always kept to myself but like i guess the kids now are just you know they're like messing with ai they're messing with they're tapped in they're they're so it's tapped their, in yeah they're tapped in they're plugged in they're tapped I, in meanwhile i'm trying to go i'm trying to go like analog you're you're trying to be unplugged. Like I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be. Um, I mean, like I'm, 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 I'm plugged in, but, um, I do dream of like an analog life. I, like, I don't even listen to audiobooks. You know. Oh, who does? Like, I'm, <laughs> a lot of people. People listen to audiobooks. Yeah, if you listen to audiobooks, that's you. You got. I don't know that you're you're definitely a special type of person. Yeah, but then here you are making a podcast. True. Don't don't come for me on my own podcast. <laughs> I feel like the term audiobooks is just for like my my dad listens to audiobooks in the car, you know, but my mom yeah. reads hard book copies. Yeah. You're a, a heavy reader though. I got to be. I mean, you're very yeah. you're very on it. I have to read a lot. It's my job now. That's what's that's what's kind of wild is that I am I'm being paid to read right now. That's amazing. Very surreal. Speaking of paid to read, your voice should be an audiobook. Honestly, I would listen. <laughs> I just like I have no idea what I'm listening to, but this voice is so soothing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Talk about TikTok. Are you I'm guessing you're doom scrolling on the book talk i hear book talk is huge i'm not on book talk i yeah no book talk is book Book talk i think is mostly it's a lot of fiction right for for my understanding i I have not been reading fiction which is sad i don't have time oh you're a non-fiction it's it's actually sad to me no way what's that you're a non-fiction you just read strictly non-fiction I basically only read for school now. Oh. Yeah. School's paying you to read? So, yeah. That's amazing. PhD. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, like the, We're getting into The PhD it. is a job. The task is read a thousand books. Oh my God. I'm looking, I feel like I'm looking at like a real life encyclopedia right now. Like you are no, like. No, I'm clueless. Get out of here. That's the real secret though. Like it's all. I don't know. It's like we're I think it's I think one thing that's like been really beautiful about it is that it's it's really like put my my limits, the limits of my knowledge at the really? front of my mind. Yeah. I just felt like you're in, limitless. In a, I think in a good way though. Like I lo- I like that. I don't want to be I don't want to feel like I know everything. When I look at you, I'm like, oh, let me let me ask Anissa. And speaking <laughs> of clueless, I feel like 
if they were to make a remake of Clueless or Mean Girls, they should have you star in it, honestly. You'd be really <laughs> good. I mean, I know yeah. acting is not in what you're what? thinking of, but like, <laughs> I'd watch it too. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I, if I was in one of those, I'd play like a, I could play like a teacher. I can see that. You know, I can see that. Yeah. A guidance counselor. You know, I don't crossing know I guard. That. Crossing guard. I can see that. Principal. I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guidance counselor. Oh, no. I don't think I can see no. guidance counselor. No. No, but teacher, definitely. Student, most definitely. I'm just thinking of all of the, the classics growing up, and I can see you playing it. I mean, okay, have you been catching up with all of the... Do you watch TV? A little bit. I, honestly, not, not as much lately. But what... I've just like all the teenage shows that's on Netflix right oh, now. I don't watch I, I don't watch like any of the teen shows on Netflix. It's not good. It's not good. I mean, I, I was just like, like just browsing around. It's not good. Yeah. 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 And like there there's like older people playing like the teenagers. Not they're not yeah. good. But like I'm saying that like. I know that you're not a trained actor or actress, but like I feel I've like I've never acted in. I mean, I'm not a trained actor. I've never acted in anything. In anything, an but I feel that you like you just being yourself would be perfect. People mm -hmm. need to obviously well, know your personality. Let them know. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Let's just get like let's just get a management company on here right now. No, people just need to know. You. Do it. I'll drop out of school. People just need to know your personality and who you really are, and they'd be like, yes, I can see that. I can <laughs> oh, see that's that. Rashad and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Desire where we talk about your main gig then we talk about your side hustle. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. WMH and Desire is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Anissa Tavangar is a writer, curator, and PhD student at Princeton University. I met Anissa when I worked at Four Freedoms, a nonpartisan, nonprofit artist collective that centers art and creativity as a catalyst for transformative connection and collective liberation. Anissa has written for The Arts Magazine, Pioneer Works, and The Guggenheim. Anissa likes to surf, loves to travel, has red hair. Anissa is <laughs> one of the most intelligent human beings I've ever met. Tactfully, lovingly, prayfully, persistently, please welcome Anissa Tavangar to wear many hats. Woo. Thanks for the welcome. Of course. I know it was a long time coming, honestly, to get you on the show. <laughs> I'm glad we finally made it happen. I'm glad too, but I guess I had to go all the way to grad school to have you on the show, which is like, it's big. I love that, you know. Going to grad school is so in right now, which we love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you studying at Princeton? So I am doing a PhD in art history, and I'm also part of the African-American studies certificate program here. But mostly like my my primary department is art history and my subfield is African art. That's beautiful. What was your undergrad? Undergrad, I did kind of same thing. I did art double major in art history and Africana studies. So whether it's, you know, PhD research, whatever work, curatorial work, my concern is always this intersection of art and race, art and justice. How can beauty be a catalyst for building more justice and compassion in the world? How can it transform our relationship to community, to history, to each other, to ourselves? You know, I never ask people on the podcast uh, what they went to school for, but you're like the mm -hmm. first. 
Honestly, I don't yeah. even ask people outside what they went to school for because like yeah. the level of caring for me is just like not there. But for you and art history, that's chef's kiss. Yeah. I mean, that's like my I mean, it's my that is my job right now is studying. So I think it's relevant. If I could just you know? download like, your mind right now and have be all mush. knowledge. Oh, it'd be mush. Yeah. In the at the moment, yeah. Yeah, you're just <laughs> All this knowledge, it's insane. It's like PBS in there. <laughs> Art yeah. history. Yeah, I mean, if I could go back to school, start all over, I would totally study art history. Yeah, it's fun. I, I kind of fell into it having no idea what it was. I just always have loved art. Coincidentally, my initials, A-R-T, Wow. Um, so it's just been like, this is my, you know, my AirPods case has, it has art on it. You'll never um, lose that. It's just, it's just, it's just who I am. Like, I don't know if, I don't know how that happened, but it's just who I am. Always loved art. Um, I think my, my parents were like happy for me to have it as a hobby. And then when I, when I got into school, when I was in college, I think they were, they were a little like, oh, you're still doing that art is still the, the main thing. Um, but, uh, I took it in a, you know, more kind of academic theory route than our practice. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm like used to like make a little art, but now I really see like re research and, and writing as like my sort of creative generative practice. And I think for me, what's, you know, it's a, it's a very weird, weird field. It's very like elitist and stodgy and all this kind of stuff. But I think what's interesting to me about it is that I really believe in in like the power of beauty ultimately more than art as like an object centered or art, art history as like an object centered field or discourse. Um, I'm interested in, in the role of beauty and how art history can be kind of a channel for understanding why we need it and uh, what we can do with it. Beauty. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Not fashion. Not fashion. Past life. Past life. Ooh. Yeah. Past life. Did you, know that? Did you know that? I used to no. work in fashion for like a minute. No? Yeah. Yeah. In college, I I ran a magazine and it brought me into a lot of really amazing spaces in, in New York and did it briefly right out of right after school. But I think I always knew that I I was gonna make it back to art. Did you ever consider doing art? Like, can you draw? Can you dabble? I can dabble. I can dabble. I did. Yeah. I mean, I have actually have a couple of projects that I want to, I kind of want to make. Right. But I think the main, the main thing is just like time and energy right now. I could see myself maybe when the PhD is done or when I'm writing my dissertation, returning to that. Um, but Right now, right now I feel okay. Right now I don't feel that that kind of impulse to to create in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it'll. I, I wonder if it'll come back. I do, and and also it's also interesting because like the the art I make is very different from the research I do. Um, oh, so, well, so the the so my my, my research. Um, I'm interested in looking at like the endurance of colonial legacies in the presentation of African art in the West. So looking at sort of um, how these the imperialistic values, the sort of approach of 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 qualifying work as primitive cultures as primitive people as primitive, um, is still what we see today. Um, so looking at, I look at a lot of like collection histories, institutional histories, but the the work that I you know the artwork that I make, which I haven't made work in in like a few years now, really. I mean, I've, I have like kind of some ideas and notebooks, but actually producing work happened in a while. A lot of that is, it's much more personal. So it's more related to my own, my relationship with my ancestry and, and culture. My family's from Iran. So yeah, yeah, my work is very connected to that, but like, I don't, I don't do anything with Iranian art. I think a lot about like legacy and diaspora and dislocation in my research, which is, which is connected, but yeah, I don't do, I don't really research Iran. Speaking of Iran, is this Ramadan? I am not Muslim. You're not Muslim. That's right. I'm a Baha'i. Uh -huh. But actually, yeah, but actually the Baha'i fast just finished. Uh, March 20th was our last day of fasting. Baha'is fast for 19 days every March. 
leading up to the spring equinox, which is our new year. And you were practicing and you were fasting. Yeah. I grew up Muslim. So uh-huh. I used to fast when in my teenage years and believed in it mm-hmm. heavy. I've kind of fallen out. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't obviously call myself a practicing Muslim, but I still believe in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Religion yeah. is religion is is hard. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think for me, what I find it, at least I find fasting to be a really helpful time. I mean, sometimes it's like last year, I, the fast was like, I was like so ready for it to be over. I was like, I just, I want lunch. I want to, I want to drink my coffee slowly and I want to eat lunch. And uh, <laughs> this year I found it really helpful. Um, I think of it as, I mean, it's sort of a, just like a time of a spiritual reset of, of like, deep intention and you know kind of linking like body and spirit so for that i really like it and i think also for me like talking about talking about spirituality more broadly you know the 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 way that i approach my work is is quite spiritual i see kind of the work that i do as a reflection of the principles i believe in you know when i talk about beauty or justice or access or compassion or equity or whatever it is it's all it's all rooted in the spiritual values that i hold and even beyond like talking about religion in a very formal way, me like the the high principles that bring me to my work, I'm also really struck by how a lot of kind of the the heroes, the the, the sort of writers and and people whose whose philosophies and work I really cling to, people like Bell Hooks or James Baldwin right. or Gracie Boggs or Malcolm X are deeply spiritual people and and write about kind of the importance of spiritual work in transformative work so that that i really that really resonates with you mm-hmm. no that's good yeah. growing up did you were you sent to like some type of sunday school or religion school and to like learn more yeah yeah we had like a little baha'i school and uh but it's interesting like you know baha'is also we also so you learn about kind of like baha'i history and principles and things but but um i also did a lot of interfaith stuff and even in the mm-hmm. baha'i school there's a lot of interfaith stuff integrated um because that's one of the core principles of the baha'i faith is sort of this this belief of in in all these in all the sort of these religions of the world that it's all one source it's all one god it's all linked this it's all the same spiritual essence and i think that that's also i think reflected in the, in the kind of work that I do in the way I think about my work is, is sort of this, 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 this thread of connectivity. No, I grew up going to Sunday school in Villanova in Pennsylvania, and I was such a bad Sunday school kid. And <laughs> I like, you know, I learned, I went every year, honestly. Mm-hmm. I learned Arabic, the Quran, during like our like recess period I was really good at football which is kind of strange and I used to just be such a bad kid and like I'd skip some of the classes but I really wish I took it more seriously because I can still read Arabic which is kind of strange and like understand some words Mm -hmm. but but you couldn't really tell like someone out there just like looking at me they wouldn't think that they would think like the opposite just because of mm. things that I do. But yeah, I wish I took it more seriously growing up because it was such a cool time. But it was also during a rough time too with like 9-11 and all that fun, like yeah, craziness. So, yeah. and, you know, growing up first generation in schools and just being like, you know, you just want to be part of like the cool kids or just like be left right. alone. It's just like <laughs> not happening. Yeah. I do... St- I still do like go to the functions and try to you know hang out with the community or like when a mosque goes off and just like says the call to prayer I just like stop yeah. on my city bike look over and just be like okay I'm gonna chill I'm gonna chill like listen to this for a minute and then but I don't go in I don't park the city bike yeah. and just like but that's beautiful I I love seeing people pray mm-hmm. in New York Mm. that to me is so I think it's so such a beautiful gesture to witness I think it's so lovely 
I feel like, yeah. And even like the way we understand prayer, I'm, it's so interesting to me. Like, I feel like a lot of times if I, like, I'll just like look up it, you know, now that, you know, spring is upon us, little buds forming in trees or, or like looking for flowers that are popping up. Like, I think even like the act that, that act of noticing to me really feels like prayer. Right. Um, really? I think it's like wherever, wherever you can fit it in, that's, that's valid. That's real. Whatever. And whatever it looks like to you, whatever it means to you, that's you never, prayer. That's, that's prayer in its fullest, in its fullest form. See, when we're talking about religion right now, it's very soothing and calming and we sound mm -hmm. very normal people, as you would say. The outside world would think that like religion, you know, is just such a hoax, right? And like other religions give it a bad rep for all the troubles that they've caused so it's kind of wild to see us talking in a positive light yeah i i mean it, it can be messy i think it's like you know i'm also i'm also very aware of how like the, the you know the faith community that i that i was brought up in and that i'm part of now is functions very differently than a lot of other faith communities so like we don't have for example like we don't have clergy there's there's no individual hierarchy nobody's like nobody's like above anybody else um, we, you know, there's no, our, our, you know, Baha'i texts are translated into many, many languages and you're meant to worship, pray, commune, gather in a way that feels authentic to you and your culture. Um, and I think that like, there are, I'm aware of how sort of, you know, obviously religion has been used as a, as a colonial force, as a manipulative force, as a dominating force. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's like the, it can definitely be a traumatic thing. Um, and, a, and it's been a source of so much pain and violence and, and all, you know, so many negative forces, but, um, of course, I think it's like, if you, if you go back to go back to spiritual essence, that's a very different thing. Um, spiritual essence. Yeah. Do you, do you meditate? A little bit, not as much as I should. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I do. I think it's like whenever I, I very rarely will, will like sit down and be like, okay, now I'm going to meditate, but I love to walk. I think I, your mental health walk, mental health walks, hot girl walks, hot girl um, walks. We love that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think I, I love to just like look at the world around me and like take in whatever is in front of me and around me. I think that can be really meditative. Do you do a lot of breath work? you I love breath work yeah like I'll just sit and I'll do like box breathing or I'll do I'll like you know use different breath patterns as a way of like centering myself for sure that and that's that it's all meditation all of it I think it's like there's some there's a there's a quote in some Baha'i writing I don't know this is a paraphrase but says something along the lines of like basically anytime you're not talking you can be meditating so I think about that. It's like, you don't have to, you don't have to like be in that state and be like, this is my, like my window. And this is when I'm going to meditate. You can be like cooking. You can be walking somewhere. You can be whatever. And that, that can be meditating. What's your take on mental health as of late? With My take on about... mental health? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, good. It's good. It's good. Being in a healthy mental state. Good. Good. We like that. Yeah. No, I just I just think that like people do certain things to combat it mm -hmm. or like take certain drugs to like make them feel better. Mm -hmm. Feels like you like a brisk walk. I like a walk. I think it's about I think it's about creating rhythms. Rhythms and patterns and and like that can mean consistency i think it's it's hard you know we live in a we live in a world right now that really thrives on extremes it does yeah um, the way that our our media is constructed you know the way virality functions it's really predicated on this sort of seeking like it's like thrill seeking trying to spike you know whatever hormones and endorphins and and high highs but the the problem with high highs is that you get low lows, and uh, 
I'm addicted to thrill seeking. It's yeah. Bad. I mean, it's I, my drug. Yeah. And it's, it can be fun. Like, I think it's like, you should have fun. You should have like live in joy and enjoyment. But I think it's also like, how do we, how do we create, how do we, how, how do we like sort of get better at like regulating our own internal sense? It's important. Is that why you took up surfing? <laughs> surfing. I mean, I, for all the listeners out there, I'm not a good surfer. <laughs> this is new. This is a new hobby, new hobby for me. Surfing. I wanted to try something new. I wanted to, it always felt like the coolest thing in the world to me. And I, and I didn't think I knew anyone who surfed. And then now after I've gone, I've like all these people in my life are like, Oh yeah, I grew up surfing. I used to, I surf, I used to surf, whatever. And it's like, thanks for inviting me guys. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, for me, it was just about like trying something that felt entirely new. And, you know, I spend so much time in my, in my mind, you know, doing, doing academic research or curatorial work or whatever it is. Like there's so much, there's a lot of thinking involved and it can be exhausting. And I wanted to, I wanted to do something that got me out of my head and into my body. Um, and you know, when you're on the water, like you can't, you can't have your phone on you. You can't be listening to music. You can't be, you, it's just you and the water. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what got me into it. And then what's kept me in it is, is definitely the sort of challenge of, of catching a wave of reading the water of um just trying to get better incrementally surfing is such a big thing here in new york as opposed to like rock climbing everyone's like mm -hmm. either a rock climber now it's either they're surfing surfing now that you think about it and not bring your phone out when mm -hmm. i go rock climbing i take my phone with me and I listen to music while I'm like taking these rocks by storm and but surfing yeah if you're like out on the waves and you get and you wipe out I guess that's like a peacefully way to go <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I also love like I love like you know I mentioned walking I love hiking not not like rock climbing. I haven't done that kind of extreme stuff, but I love a walk in the woods. I love to be in nature. But yeah, I always have my phone on me and I'm or I'm like listening to music. And I think it's I think, you know, extending this conversation about kind of dopamine whatever this sort of constant hunger for it. I think it's that's all connected. It's like if we can we if we can just like unplug for a moment, learn how to do that, learn how to like be in stillness. I think it's kind of helpful. I think it's a skill that we are losing. I'm addicted to sweet stuff. Like I'm, a, I'm mm -hmm. addicted to like, I mean, when you knew me, when we, when we were together, I used to party and drink. I don't do that anymore. And now my vices are honestly doing this podcast as like a weird thrill so, for some odd reason but I drink a lot of matcha and coffee but I have to add sugar or honey to it uh -huh. and I'm just like addicted to that dopamine hit and if I don't have that I feel like my mental health like just tanks so mm. I just like I'm really like into that upper so yeah I'm glad that you brought up dopamine hit it's I can't get around it, honestly. And if I don't have it, I'm just like, all right. I mean, I'm not trying to be all extreme, but it's like what I look forward to when I wake up. It's like part of my routine. Because mm -hmm. matcha by itself is disgusting. Oh, I drink matcha by itself. Okay. We're... <laughs> That's my morning drink. I do a little, a little matcha latte. I don't put any sweetener in it. Oh, but it's got like, see, I drink matcha tea. And... Oh, I sometimes I'll do it without, like, I won't put, I use like a little oat milk or like some kind of nut milk or something, a little bit in sense. there, but sometimes I'll do it straight. But that's, that's good. That's a good mixture. I mean, yeah. I feel like if I drank it straight, that's just like, I know today is going to be like a wild day. My... Yeah. No, I don't like sweetener in my coffee or my tea or anything. You don't. Do you uh, like to salt and pepper your um, food? <laughs> I do salt and pepper my food. 
<laughs> no, I like flavor. I like mm. I like spices and herbs and all those kinds of things, but sugar in my in my coffee. I also am a hot coffee person. Hot same. drinks. Same. Yeah. Hot girl. Like, hot unless drinks. it's like 90 degrees out, I'm not having a nice coffee. No, I, I feel like those who drink like cold brew in the winter, that's psychotic. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you think. Oh, yeah, it's great. Like, whatever. I like to ski. Shut the. No, we're not. We're not doing that. We're not yeah. doing that. I also, I'm a, I'm, I prefer like a room temp water to cold water. I, I mean, that sounds aligned with Anissa for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I can see that. I mean, room temp water. You're like the female Rick Rubin or something. You know, I just like. <laughs> I, I, I love cold water, but room temp water mm. just like feels good on the body. I I guess. Yeah, I'll I'll drink warm water even. Do you love do you, a warm water? Do you sh- Do you shower room temp water? No. <laughs> <sighs> Actually, well, you know what's funny in the intro, you mentioned my I have red hair. I do try to not not have like scalding hot water when I wash my hair. That's a sacrifice for the what? for the maintenance of the dye. Yeah, what's the uh, upkeep looking like? Damn, it's annoying. It's uh-huh. actually like, yeah. It's, I mean, I just, like, I can't really, right now you can't, my hair is like not very red right now. It's like basically mm-hmm. not red because I was um, swimming last week. No, unfortunately not, but I was in the ocean. So all the dye, all the color ran out, but I got to, I got to redo it tonight. Tonight. Yeah. I can't, I can't like, just like go, I can't just like jump in a pool whenever I want. I can't like, Oof. you know, I need to, yeah. Cause like it'll, all the dye will run out. I can't wear, I can't wear light colors after I've washed my hair. I got to paint my nails after I wash my hair instead of before. Cause like the dye will get into the right. polish. It's just, it's sense. like stupid. It's stu- kind of stupid stuff like that, that, um, you know. All my sheets and towels are like dark gray now because they'll they'll all turn pink. Right, right. But when you pull up to the function, it looks great. Yeah, that's all. You know, it's like a sacrifice. It's like X Men. Like, is that <laughs> like Jean Grey? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny actually. Though I've had the red hair in September. It'll be seven years. Oh. Um, a red hair, which is a that's an astrological cycle. You're and also a firm believer of astrology. I don't know that I'd say firm believer. I would okay. say I'm interested in how the cosmos and sources we don't understand might might offer insight or wisdom or grounding. That's what I would say. But like I'm not someone who like I don't have like an astrologer. I don't think I would I don't think I'd ever do that. I don't like I don't like keep up with it much. You don't have the apps. But, um, I don't, I mean, I have CoStar, but like, that's just why I like know what my chart is because I'm always forgetting. Are you one, if you go on a date or anything like that, do you ask for astrology, like astrology, like their sign? Not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't on the first date. It's funny, actually, I'm, I'm seeing someone now who doesn't know what time he was born. Is that and... a red flag or... No, it's not a red flag, but okay. I would like to know so I can look up his full chart. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's it's also like I don't it's that doesn't like define you as a person. No, no. Humans are the reason why we c- came up with all this wild stuff like, oh, I don't date. Scorpios because of so and so. I don't yeah. date like Gemini's because of. Yeah, so-and-so. I'm not. In, I'm not. Yeah, no. Like I definitely. I feel. I'm an Aries, and I feel that. I feel the mm-hmm. fire. But um, speaking of the red. Speaking of the red, but I yeah, I'm not. I'm never gonna like judge someone off of it. Like that to me is like a little ridiculous. And there's good in everything. You know. In in everything and everybody, there's. There's the there's the capacity for goodness. So huh. you can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna write you off because you're born on some day. Well, that's good to hear because usually a lot of people do. Yeah. Which is messed up. I think it is. I think I think it goes back to operating on extremes. We love to operate on extremes. We love to. We love to create 
polarizations and dichotomies in black and white conditions. I like don't believe in that. I believe in gray area. A long time ago, I dated someone that worked at CoStar and pulled up my full chart in the database. And like the next day, never talked to me ever again. Wow. They can see everybody's charts. Yeah. I mean, I in got a, database? a lot of, yeah, of course. I got a lot of yeah, free swag from the offices, but it was cool anyway. Yeah, I guess, you know, if you can get swag, that makes it all worth it. Everything I do, I do for swag, do for the swag. You know, I was about to ask. I was like, you know, because I don't look at you as an influencer by any means, but like if I were to see you promote something, I would totally buy it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, terrible. Like no. promo no, code? Definitely not. No, never had a promo code. Really? But if anyone wants to give me promo code for something that I like, you know, maybe I'd take it. I don't know. No brand has ever hit you up to do like a campaign. You, you... I mean, I've been hit. I've been hit up. But... I was going to say, you are definitely uh, the face of some type no. of startup. It's funny. My, no, I mean, I, whatever. I got I got an email from like a <laughs> I got an email from like some sort of like an influencer marketing like service I don't know whatever it was and I like right. texted my family it's like oh haha ha. and my dad was like don't do that that is not your brand mm-hmm. like, whoa your dad said that? your dad <laughs> said dad. so your, your manager also known as your dad said that is not my dad brand, yeah which is kind it's of wild and because your family has been part of like you know uh, a google commercial right is I mean, yeah I that like... was that was like me though like i was yeah i mean yeah, I, yeah so your whole family <laughs> your whole family knows what's up that's different though i mean like right. yeah they'll be in the little a little google spot but like i'm not going to be like hawk and lip balm on oh, instagram no. oh no, no you know no 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 yeah but if google put out like a lip balm You know, who knows? I mean, yeah, I'm surprised that, like, in my line of work, we put out a bunch of, like, ad campaigns all over the city, and I'm surprised I haven't seen your face on it. Yeah, I I have been in one of those years ago, but it's for, for, like, a friend's company. Right. And it was, like, eight years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. It was me on a couch. It was you on a couch. I, I'm sure that like Princeton is definitely gonna put you in something. You have a Princeton profile. I don't. I was trying to look it up, but I didn't have like well, all the grad students do. All the PhDs have a little. There's a little bio. How do you feel yeah. going to grad school? Do you feel like it's this like new unlocked character of yours? It feels really good. I I'm having a lot of fun, which is not how most people describe their experience in a PhD. I think some of it is maybe because I'm a little delusional, but um, no, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think it's, you know, after, after um, you know, I worked for four years after school and I, I think I, in that time, I almost tried to convince myself that I didn't, that I didn't need a PhD. Mm-hmm. But ultimately I think what I, what I kept coming back to is that I really was seeking a certain level of depth, um, like thoughtful, critical depth that, is really hard to find outside of um, academia. And it's not absent outside of academia, but I think that the, the way that I wanted it was like, that's kind of what this sort of program is made for. Um, and, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to like think on my own terms. You know, I, of course there's like reading for class, but I, I like most of my classes that I've had so far. Yeah. And I get to, you know, I'm like writing papers that are my own topics that I'm coming up with. And, and I get to meet amazing people who are thinking about things so deeply and who, t- who, who teach me so much from, from their own experiences, their own, uh, you know, kind of knowledge bases. And that's been, that's been really exciting. And I think it's also another thing about the PhD. I feel like I'm, I'm on my long-term path now. I felt like for a while, you know, especially um, in the pandemic, like I was making a lot of decisions based on short-term a little bit based on fear, you know, just trying to seeking some level of stability when everything felt so uncertain. Now doing this, it feels like, okay, this is my, this is like, this is the long-term vision. This is the path 
yeah, maybe my calling. Do you mind me asking, is this a full ride? Yeah, I am really lucky. Princeton is, uh, they, you know, guarantee full funding during your, during your program. They are pretty generous compared to other universities. It's not, I mean, it's still not like, you know, it's like a pay cut, obviously compared to like what I'd be making, but, um, it all pays yeah. off at the end. Once yeah. you get that, and it's PhD, also like no one, you're not getting an art history PhD because you're trying to make money. No. No, like that would be horrible. Unless it's like, unless it's like family business, like you're really like, you know, it's like a nepotism. Everyone's in the field, and you're just gonna like ride on coattails. You're not in this to make money. It starts with you. Who knows? Your kids one day. (laughs) I'll be. I'll be the first. You'll be the first. My (laughs) mom is Anissa. Uh, (laughs) have you heard of her? (laughs) One day. Uh, yeah, we do it all. We do it all so our kids are nepo babies. Exactly. Exactly. That's the dream. She's the one that wrote uh, "Looking for an Executive Assistant" uh, on NY NYFA. <laughs> on NYFA, yeah, right. Uh... <laughs> no, I I just think that like if I was given a full ride to go to grad school, I would totally take it. Uh, my brain is shot by all means from all the years of partying and doing drugs but it's it's definitely i mean hey i've been i've been reading again i've been waking up in the morning and i start off the day no no technology start reading a couple chapters and that's what i'm just trying to get my memory back and i don't know i i do see in the future of me going to grad school but i'm gonna have to get a zaddy to you know Mm. yeah yeah yeah, I mean that's it sucks. I I don't have a master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um I just went undergrad, worked and then PhD. And part of it was cuz I didn't want to pay for it. Like I didn't want to have to it's they're so expensive. So expensive. Um and that's Yeah, I mean obviously I hate that. I think that's this I mean the system like the, the system and the structures and the institutions are terrible. So much gatekeeping, so much so many like barriers to entry. It's horrible. You know, that being said, I'm I'm super grateful to be where I am. I'm super grateful to I've I really like my advisors and the professors I work with. And I'm also really grateful that I have, you know, a family that is supportive of what I want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like very unheard of of people. I was just actually talking about this the other day about how the tables have turned that if you want to pursue art a young age you should totally do it you're right like a lot of parents out there like art like that's not going to get you a job that's a total lie yeah I mean yeah totally like my I have you know immigrant parents who don't know anything about the art world I don't have any connections but they know MoMA yeah yeah and it's like now we go to museums and stuff and they're like so excited and like they are so eager to learn more. And like, they're like, my dad will send me like New York times links about like, like, like artist profiles and stuff. Like they're so excited and, and, um, you know, it really feels like they're kind of in this process with me that they're, they're so supportive. And I'm, I'm really grateful to have parents who let me as an undergrad, you know, study art history and Africana studies and have always encouraged me and have always, you know, that was, I mean, even like me studying in high school or starting, I guess, in middle school was when I started reading about I have to give all the credit. I have to give that credit to my parents. Like my my dad was like giving me Cornell West and Malcolm X, and that's how that's how I kind of entered some of this work. I didn't under, I didn't understand how art and race could be could be connected until college, but yeah, I, I give them a lot of credit. I just wonder what would you be doing besides pursuing the arts? I don't know. Maybe like law. Maybe like law. Okay. I love to argue. We got a Kardashian over here. All right. Uh, now maybe like Amal Clooney okay 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 that's better um but uh yeah maybe law law school law roach I don't know law roach yeah that would be fun I'd like that me and Zendaya (laughs) um yeah I don't know maybe I do something like media media related um but no, I can't imagine like not, not pursuing art history. 
where have you not traveled? I feel like you're always traveling. I have to like mute your stories because you're always like I'm not. San Diego I'm and posted up posted up in Princeton, New Jersey when I'm not in New York in the library. No, I uh I'm very fortunate that I I you know, my parents prioritized travel when I was growing up mm-hmm. because we had a lot of family who were all over the place. So, and, and friends and people. So we would always, we'd always go, we'd always travel mostly to visit people. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of places I haven't been. A lot of places I need to go. I don't know. I feel I like that's go. a lie. It's so, I just feel like you've been everywhere. Have you seen like, have you been the, have you seen the pyramids yet? Like, no, I haven't seen the pyramids. Yes. Got you beat. I gotta go. I, no, I've never seen the I gotta pyramids. Go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever think that you'd write for a bunch of publications as well? I still feel like I haven't written. I mean, I've written for like a few, but I don't know. I think for me, like writing, writing for publications is, I enjoy it as an exercise. That's, that's kind of how I see it. Like, I don't know, honestly, like so much credit to, to people who like, who write regularly, like who are really like putting out profiles and reviews and interviews and all this kind of stuff. Cause it's, it's hard. It's like a lot of it's a lot of stuff to keep up with. No, just like articles today is like the news of like, you know, if you're always on the internet and you yeah. check out like people's articles, it's like, that's how people get more followers. And like, people just like look at yeah, this one-sided opinion and I don't, they just like blow up from there on. And because they're just like putting out more and more and more, it's like, mm-hmm. that's the news. I mean, if it wasn't for the internet, I don't, I mean, Sure, I'd read a newspaper here and there, but I wouldn't be caught up with the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really see myself as someone. I don't. I don't see myself as someone who writes articles. I don't think I have the skill set for it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think I can. I can do it. I when I do, I enjoy it. I think what's what's fun for me is the opportunity to process what I see and experience. That's what I enjoy about it. So like when I've written, you know, essays or reviews or whatever, I think what I, what I really, what I like about the process is just getting to sort of think through my own thoughts and put it somewhere. Usually I just put it on Instagram. Like I'll, you know, I'll write a few paragraphs and make it, you know, about an exhibition I saw or, or an artist or something. And I'll just Throw it up on Instagram because I'm not precious about it. You're not precious about it, but you, you're one of those people that definitely puts out like a long ass caption of like, (laughs) you might as well write a book at this point, you know, of all your captions because like even though you're like throw, there's a throwaways, they're still great. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I I just have a something to do, so I'm only reading like the first paragraph. I'm like great job Anissa and then I'm like okay I guess I'll save this for <laughs> yeah, later no I don't have I don't have any expectation that people are reading are reading these long captions They're, those are for me like I really like that's my it's like diary entries and and mm. and it's an exercise it's just a practice and um yeah I don't I don't really care if people read it if they do I love that I think it's nice but um that's not really my my concern with with putting up those kinds of long captions so do you journal do you have like a or do you just do you just keep have a notebook okay and i it's very stream of consciousness um it's very like just scribbling down something on my mind scribbling down i mean me if i scribbled down something in a journal it'd be gibberish and like i have no idea what i just wrote you it would be complete sentences of like (laughs) my thoughts <laughs> I do tend to write in complete sentences that is that's fair I write in like text message sentences in my journals it would be like you with a you but I think it's like however you can get it done that's what matters that's true you know I'm I'm also like I'm super not a perfectionist really really no I'm not a perfectionist not at all mm-mm no, however, you, like a type, I don't really mind a typo here and there. I don't mind like, you know, just getting something done because it has to get done. Mm-hmm. Not a perfectionist. 
you strike me as a perfectionist not in like i'm not you know coming for you by any means but like I feel yeah. like this is the way that you think that it should go. And uh, that's a good thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Unless yeah. you're just telling me off and being like, no, that's wrong. I'd be like, okay, shut up. I mean, I'm, I'm I can be particular mm -hmm. and I have strong opinions, but um, no, I'm not a perfectionist. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't, I just don't have the bandwidth to, obsess over details that's good mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter like what's the point of that <laughs> i mean excellence is important i think excellence is important and like effort is important but like perfection is it ever really going to be perfect i don't know no we're all imperfect humans mm-hmm Hats off to you and everything that you do for some Desire Wear Many Hats solutions. Since Wear Many Hats is somewhat a cultural arts-based podcast, I hope you write a piece on us in the future. If Art Forum or any <laughs> arts-based publication were to write about us, I would love if you were a guest writer to talk about this show. You have a way with words. Thank you. If you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? Oh my God, what? I don't know. I don't have any tattoos. That's That's... That's how we end off the show. That's the that's how you end. Mm, God, I should have come prepared. I did ask. Yeah, I feel like I would put maybe I would do my favorite. I have this little my favorite concept from James Baldwin is his his distinction between the permanent and the impermanent. So maybe I would do the the four permanents: birth, death, love, suffering. Deep, but we love. Yeah. Plug your socials. Where can people find you? Where can people find me? You can find me in the library. You can find me reading in, at my kitchen table. Or you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> at <Anissa> <laughs> <Tap>. <laughs> uh, I knew you were going to do that, but I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know you. I didn't know you had like, I always knew that you were funny. I just didn't know you, you had it built like that. <laughs> oh, man. thank you anisa for coming on wear many hats it was great to have you yeah it's a pleasure thanks for having me till next time this is wear many hats presented by Dasar, and i'm rashad peace <laughs>